Good morning, I'm Pastor Jack Wilson, and this is You Think? Well, today I want to talk to you about the cost of things. Everything has a cost. You know, when you go into a store, you have to pay the price or the cost of the item that you're looking for. You will have to consider that cost. You'd have to say to yourself, well, here's the item, and here's what it costs. Is it worth my money? Is it something that's going to last? Is it something that's a good product? In Luke chapter 14, 27, it says, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come in to after me cannot be my disciple. There's a cost to serving Jesus. And when you're sharing the gospel with someone, don't tell them all their problems will disappear. Don't tell them they will get rich or healthy. Tell them in order to be a disciple, you need to first to consider the cost and if you're willing to spend that much. That's the bottom line. If you are willing to give what God asks. How many of you have come into Christianity thinking it will be a bed of roses and was hit blindsided by the things that could happen in this world and God gives us these things so that we can know that he is there to protect us, to help us, to encourage us, to build us up in, in the word of God. Uh, he's there for us. But if we think that he's just going to hand us things like a sugar daddy, it doesn't work that way. <clears throat> in Luke, Luke 14, 28, it says, For which are you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? The Bible says it's an embarrassment. It's 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 a it's a folly to someone who be an embarrassment. That would be a total loss. I was in the midst of supervising the building of uh, a sister in a church in a mom's house, and it made me nervous. I had given an approximate price to build, but all these other things popped up. Land acquisition, building walls and paths, tearing down a house, an old house, leveling a well, uh, fixing drainage problems. And it scared me. And my sister-in-law was in Japan, is paying for it, but I want to be a good steward of her money. I wasn't charging her for anything. I, I didn't want to take any money. I wanted to help her. But you don't help people when you start taking more money than they expect. I know these things were unknown to me before we started, and they needed to be done. But perhaps I should have done a little bit more due diligence, as they say. There is a penalty for not counting the cost. Luke 14:29 lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it all that behold it 
begin to mock him saying Luke 14:30 saying this man began to build and was not able to finish it this is a great embarrassment and these verses apply to Christians who get saved and then decide they don't have what it takes to stay with it it describes the backslider who instead of being a faithful servant buries his money in the ground or depends on his job or his friends and forsakes Christ he started in Christianity but finished as a loser and an embarrassment consider those who do not follow the Christ who they said has saved them they looked upon by others as losers waste who dirtied the name of Christianity and brought shame on his name we find in the Gospel of Luke chapter 14 34 salt is good but if the salt has lost its savior wherewith shall it be seasoned and 35 says it is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill but men cast it out he that hath ears to hear let him heal now I'm going to tell you this I'm a salt fanatic and despite what anybody says it's biblical without salt the food is tasteless you might as well throw it out and without salt we are tasteless and should also be thrown out when someone becomes a worthless Christian they need to be thrown out because if they are not they become a testimony to all around them that it's okay to do whatever you want because nothing will happen to you the person who comes to Christ must consider the cost you can't come for the music or the schooling or the food or even the fellowship without giving your all to Christ this is this is not a joke folks if you're going to be dedicated you're dedicated if you go into the army and, and this, this is a good uh, example uh, people join the army why they join because they're going to get a, a free college education they're gonna get benefits they're gonna do this they're gonna do that and in the middle of them being in the army a war breaks out what happens oh I didn't sign up for this oh I don't want to go there right all of a sudden they become cowards weaklings because they didn't know what the true aspect of the army was sure there's uh, privileges and there's benefits but there's also a price to pay a cost and if you're not ready to pay it don't join the army and the same thing with Christianity if you're not ready to serve him in anything he says to do seen and not seen you're not ready for Christ when you come to Christ you are sealed with the Holy Spirit every time you sin he will hound you he has been referred to as the hound of heaven and when I say sealed with, it means you're completely encompassed around by the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean He seals you. He is the seal. And when I was backsliding, He was with me everywhere, pulling on my heart. Non-believers don't have that. They can sin and enjoy it. As a matter of fact, here is how you can tell if you're really saved. If when you sin, you ache and regret it. That's why you consider the cost. God will be on you. 
and you'll either repent or die a fool. If you go to a supermarket, you just put things in the cart and then go to pay for them? No. You have a good idea as to how much it will cost and how much money you have. If not, you will be embarrassed when they make you put things back that you can't pay for. How about your families who you have been witnessing to? Do they see you as someone who loves the Lord or do they see you as a hypocrite who has told them how to live but will not do it yourself? Do your neighbors see you going to church and then see you getting drunk or fighting with the fa your family? Consider the cost. Out of all the choices we have, the best one is to follow God. If you can consider the cost of backsliding, you will be shunned by your brothers and sisters. Your family will look down on you. You will be known as a failure. The cost of leaving God is so much more than serving Him. When you serve Him, He directs your paths, helps you climb mountains, and gives you peace. Can you say the same when you leave Him? Jesus said unto them in Matthew 19:21, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell what thou hast and give it to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. And that man didn't want to do that. See, that man knew all about the, the scriptures. Uh, he loved the scriptures and he knew Jesus was preaching the truth. But when it came down to are you ready to pay the cost? And Jesus didn't want everybody to sell everything they have and come follow him. He wanted to test him where it hurt him the most. And that was in his money. John 12, 26 says, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Isn't that a great thing? Being honored by God as opposed to being rebuked by God? Those are your choices. Consider the cost. Let me tell you something, my friends. There are two ways to go. There is the world and there is the way. In the world, you could have a lot of fun. I'm not saying you can't. You could, you could drink and get drunk and take drugs and get high and fool around with loose women. But the bottom line is, where will you end up? What is your life after you've done all those things? Even if you're a Christian, you could still do those things. You might be listening to me right now and say, you know what, Pastor? I've been very wrong, I've been very bad, and I've done things that embarrasses even myself, and I don't know why, and I just keep doing it. And I say to you, you got a man up, or a woman up, you have to do what God calls you to do, and as you put your foot forward, he will direct your path. There's no such thing as uh, God just making you be holy or making you quit bad habits. No, he wants you to do it. I remember when I was smoking three packs a day as a Christian, 
three packs a day. And I pray, God, take this away from me. I don't want to do it. I knew it was wrong. I knew it was uh, it was unhealthy, but it was unspiritual. And uh, I'm not going to say it was a, a horrible sin. It was one of those things that come under uh, uh, bad habits. Bad habits. All right? And uh, he wouldn't take it away from me. One day I was smoking and uh, my daughter came in and she said, Daddy, when I grow up, I'm going to smoke just like you. That was my motivation. I put it down, I stopped, and I quit smoking. Now, the funny part about it is we say all the time we can't quit smoking. And yet I did. So how's that? I didn't have a patch. I didn't have hypnosis. I didn't have any of that stuff. But I quit smoking. And what it is in any kind of thing you can imagine, and I'll include drugs in this, if you want to stop, you will stop. And I believe that as I put my best foot forward to stop, God gave me a hand. All right? God gave me a hand. Now, I'm going to tell you why I believe that. Because I had stopped for a long time. And I was around my nephew and he was smoking. And I said, let me have one of those. I'd like to taste to see what it tastes like again. And I lit it up and I started all over again. Well, uh, of course, I, I quit again. But this time, I've always had a taste for cigarettes. Now, I haven't smoked in what, 20 years now. But I still, when I have my coffee in the morning, I still can feel like I want a cigarette. And I think that was God telling me, all right, the first time I gave it to you free and clear, all right, you had no thoughts about having a cigarette again until you decided to succumb to temptation. And that really wasn't temptation. It was just on a whim. And so this time you're going to have a little suffering with it. You're going to have a little reminder that if you take one cigarette, You'll go back to it. And uh, so that's what he did. So that's what happens in life, folks. We have to be ready to count the costs. What's the cost? Believing in God, obeying God, doing what he said. You know, I, uh, I came here to the Philippines to marry my wife. And when I got here, I seen some children begging and other children working on the garbage trucks. And I thought, how terrible this is. And immediately in my heart, I felt God telling me I was going to come back here as a missionary. Now, I said to myself, fine, that's great. Okay, I'm with you, God. Uh, it, you know, there was no argument about it. But what a surprise. My brother used to work in uh, telecommunications all throughout Asia. And he li even lived in Indonesia for a few years. And I thought to myself, why on earth would you want to go there? You haven't seen all of America. I mean, America is the greatest place in the world. Why would you want to leave it? And I could never understand that. And here I am. God is telling me, go become a missionary in the Philippines. That's what I did. That's what I did. Matter of fact, when my wife, I, I married her, and it took me a year to get her to America, after she got there, I told her that I was going to be a missionary. And she says, yeah, when you retire, we can do that. And it 
broke my heart. I, I wasn't going to force her. But I said, God, what should I do? And I felt in my heart, he said to me, just wait, be patient. I'm not very patient, but all right. Three years later, we were at an anniversary of a, a Filipino church, and she had been running around, being a busy bee, you know, talking to people. She came back crying. I said, honey, what's wrong? She says, I just seen how uh, good, how wealthy my Filipino counterparts in the United States are doing. And it reminded me of how poor they are back in Payadas. She says, it's time we go. <laughs> that was wonderful, wonderful day for me. And uh, we started being deputized, whatever you call it, going begging church to church, and we never had enough money. And finally, somebody had said, uh, they were preaching, and I heard them say, don't make a, a dollar, make a time. And so that's what we did. We said, honey, no matter what, this day, we're going to go July 19th, 2006, and we're going to go. And when that time came, we went. We had no money. We had uh, one person send a big check, uh, covered our course of the planes and, 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 the, uh, and moving some of our stuff over there. But other than that, we had no money. Here we are today. We're still here. So remember, folks, when whatever you do, count the cost. Know that there's a price tag involved in everything. No matter what you do, there's a price tag involved. And be ready to have that, serve that price tag. Be ready to do the work it takes that God has called you to do. Obey Him. Be prosperous and happy. And I don't mean prosperous millionaire. I mean prosperous in your life. Lord God, talk to these people. Let them understand what I'm saying. Even when I don't know what I'm saying myself, Lord, you can interpret. You can make the words stick. I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you want to say anything to me, you can email me at 7101 at usa.net at 7101 at usa.net I hope to hear from you God bless